to Bite Size Gaming. Here tonight we have John and Alan again, um, and I'm your host Mike. Uh, we're here to talk about our E3 reactions, or that lack thereof. Very much lack thereof. <laughs> Very much lack thereof. Um, and if you can't tell, the general consensus here is that we were pretty disappointed by E3 as a whole. Um, you know, parts of that might be because of the fact it's all digital, so there's no live showcases, and you definitely could tell that it didn't have that same kind of hype factor of nothing, or of when they used to do it live. I have a question to start tonight off with. Since we've experienced an all-digital E3, and we've had the experience of the live reaction of DCs, how much more hype for a game do you think we are when we can see like the crowd's reaction to a game as opposed to seeing everything without a crowd reaction? I can see that going one of two ways. Some people that are influenced by the crowd, like a lot of people are, and they get they they see the crowd's reaction to something, and then they get more excited because the crowd is excited. Whereas someone like me, who I tend to watch all of Nintendo directs, and I'm more used to that than the once a year crowd reactions. So the crowd reaction is has zero influence over somebody like me. But again. Your results might vary. So, similar with like the two different directions, um, the crowd definitely adds a different feel when you're watching it at home. Like even if you can't ever make it to an E3, when you watch at home, um, the crowd adds a whole other level to what you're watching. Less so, I think, for the crowd reaction, but because of the conferences themselves or the showcases themselves, they present it as if it's like an hour-long show. Yeah, there's thought, there's showmanship, and there's, you know, that one last thing type of reveals that mm -hmm. really hits home when you have that crowd interaction and they're engaging with the engaging with the audience. Yeah. Um, and Nintendo has gone the route of going digital direct over the last few years, but back when they did live conferences at E3, they always had some bangers like by bringing um, uh, Reggie up on Reggie, stage Reggie, to talk Reggie. stuff. My body is ready is still a meme. That was what two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah. because it was when We Fit came out. But I just will never is like think about that stage presentation with Nintendo. I will never forget the release of Twilight Princess when they announced it, and once the trailer was over, Shigeru Miyamoto walked in wielding a Master Sword and Highland Shield, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I feel like we lose a lot of. That. Oh, I, that, I, that would I absolutely agree with. Um, this has nothing to do with E3, but there was a, an Apple press conference where Miyamoto showed up on stage. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that from being no. digital. No, you Because essentially, not. if Apple had that same press conference with all digital, and then they just you know panned over to Shigeru Miyamoto, it wouldn't have that same reaction because he's not, like, he doesn't have that audience gasp factor. Yeah. It's Miyamoto. What's he doing at an Apple exactly. conference? You know, kind of like the same thing with, um, I think it was, I forget what, I know it's CD Projekt Red, but I couldn't remember, I was it the, I think it was the Xbox launch was when Keanu Reeves walked in yeah, on the stage. Yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah, I know it was yeah. two years ago, but it was the Xbox conference that had that review. Yes. And that, the internet lit up with mm -hmm. that. You, you're never going to have that again. Which, speaking of, if we want to kind of transcend this into this most recent E3 that we had, mm -hmm. Xbox is still kind of hammering in on that 
um, shock and awe factor. Mm-hmm. So I'll just start off with one of the things that kind of blew me away. Well, let's start off with, you know, let's go day by day instead of jumping oh, yeah, right into Xbox. Xbox. But it was like, Xbox wasn't day one, correct? Xbox was day one. Yeah. Xbox was day one? Okay. Major one. Like, they Major. had some preliminaries, like, preliminaries. Ubi, Ubisoft was first, though. Oh, you're right, Ubisoft. Yeah, we gotta start with We, we gotta start with Ubisoft. Uh, I was... And I was like, oh, okay, well, there's uh, The Division, okay, oh, there's this one, there's that one. Yep. And then, then the ball dropped, and I got excited. And <laughs> I put it in our store Discord to talk about it mm-hmm. at the Byteside Gaming Discord channel. And I'm like, Mike was right. <laughs> I gotta get props. It looks fantastic. I yes. am so excited. Well, you have to play the first one first. Yeah. We got the first one in the store. I do have to play the first one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I might start playing it tomorrow. Exactly. Right. If that's hard. But we still have to say what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, sequel to Mario Rabbids. That uh, Mike called. He did. And uh, I, was, I, was the, I was Debbie Downer. I was like, I don't think it'll get it. But so I will say, I don't think, if you watched last week's episode, I didn't actually predict it. It was, it was part of the conversation we were talking about things we hoped to see. And mm-hmm. that was definitely one I had hoped to see from Ubisoft. And, you know, they, they did deliver because... What I worried about was their entire press conference being more of the same, mm-hmm. more Far Cry, more Assassin's Creed, more Division. Yep. And while they had those things, and it was a lot more of the same, they did throw that curveball with the Mario Rabbids yeah. and extending that line of games. Yeah, and it looks fan. It even looks even better. The first game was really fun. The way that they're doing their combat and they're opening it up, mm-hmm. I'm entirely. I'm going to go through it. I'm. I'm going to replay it. I'm going to start over. I'm going to replay. Kingdom Battle oh, yeah. again. I'm going to start my game over. Now, the true question, though. Has Rabid Rosalina replaced Rabid Peach for oh, you? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, absolutely okay. not. <laughs> Rabid Rosalina looks like she's going to be funny. Yeah. But nothing <laughs> will ever... No, Rabid Peach is number one in my heart. <laughs> so, quick pitch for the game. Um, whenever I bring this game up, the most consistent feedback I get is... I don't really care about rabbits, or I hate rabbits. I think, like, I'm right there with you. Yeah. When I saw the first trailer for Kingdom Battle, I was immediately like, I don't want to play that because it has rabbits in it. Yeah. Like, so I understand that line of thinking. Yeah. But the more I learned about the game, you went, fine, I'll try it. And I checked it out. And I absolutely loved it. Like, the rabbits are actually well done in this game. They're They're fantastic. They're they're funny. They're hysterical. And I say I was the opposite way. I was going through and I saw this. I'm like, I don't care what this is. It's got the rabbits in it. I'm going to play it. So as someone who hasn't even played the first one yet, I saw the trailer for the second one. Mm-hmm. And immediately I'm like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. The first one still is hilarious. I'm going to have to play this. Mm-hmm. Let me put it this way. Without spoiling anything, you know, you, I think you can assume that there's boss fights in the games. One of the boss fights in the first Rabbids game is a full-blown like operatic musical number <laughs> while you're fighting the boss fight. It is outstanding and hilarious so, all at the same time. So think of a you know a family friendly Great Mighty Pooh. Oh. <laughs> uh, I will be staying the night at the store. <laughs> but yeah, so if you never tried Rabbit or Mario plus Rabbits because of your disdain for the Rabbits, I suggest just at least trying it out for maybe an hour or two to see how you feel. Like I said, the gameplay and combat is fantastic. Combat is so good. It is fantastic. And once you get the RC cars, oh my god, I love the RC cars. <laughs> I love the RC cars so much. But yeah, the combat's fantastic. They do have puzzly areas in the mm-hmm. overworld. 
Um, and like I said, like and well, collectibles galore. Mario games are not known for full blown like edge your seat stories, but the story that is in this one is well told and it has a lot of com- comedy mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Easter eggs in the background, yep. you've got to constantly be looking yep. out to see what the jokes are in the background. Because mm-hmm. if you blink some, you'll miss it. Okay. Yeah. So I think it was, I think it was Mario plus Rabbids. Because I was, I was reading interviews, the first one, I mean, um, where Ubisoft came to Miyamoto with this idea for a game. Mm-hmm. And they're pitching it, like, we want to make this game, can we do it? And Miyamoto was looking over the footage, looking at the project ahead of him. And... He said, yes, but make it to where Mario doesn't jump. Because he wanted a challenge to create this game where... Mario can't jump. Which is his thing. Um, so while anybody who's played Rabbids knows that he does, in fact, jump, it is not the focus point of the game. I think what they realized is, while they focused on the whole Mario universe holding these little pl- plasma guns or whatnot, yeah, they did find a way to put the jumping in it that I think Miyamoto was okay with because of how balanced the combat in the game was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting tidbit yeah. where of that interaction between Ubisoft and Nintendo. Um, any other highlights for you guys from the Ubisoft conference conference? Uh, speaking of the Ubisoft conference, I didn't watch the whole thing. So I, I know from like Cliff Notes that there was a division. <laughs> I didn't see what they announced for Assassin's Creed. It was DLC for Valhalla. That's it. Yeah, it yep. wasn't. It wasn't a new oh, game. Okay. It was just DLC and um, the upcoming Discovery mode. Okay. Yeah, nothing groundbreaking. Nope. Uh, just wasn't sure if it was a new game or. They did reveal Far Cry Six, which there's a whole slew of people excited for. That. I will say that game looks pretty. I watched the trailer. The game does look I've, pretty. I've always liked the way the Far Cry Far Cry games looked. Mm-hmm. Just never really got into them. Well, that, and then they grabbed, um, like, Juan Carlo something. No, no, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but he was in Breaking Bad. He was, oh, he was, um, what's-his-face in Mandalorian? The bad guy. Moff With the dark, yeah, Moff Gideon. He was Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon, okay. They grabbed him as an okay. act, actor for Far Cry 6. That's cool. Oh, okay. He's the bad guy That's in Far Cry 6. interesting. Mm. Not Moff Gideon, the actor. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> my God, they put Moff Gideon in Farcart? Oh, my. Uh, but, yeah, so that was definitely interesting because you see his face. Like, they definitely used his likeness for the character, and it's his voice as well. Okay. My wife has watched Mandalorian. She's watched Breaking Bad. And so I was watching on my phone, and then she heard his voice. And she had to pick over. She's like, is that? What's his face? Yep. That's his face. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's his face. <laughs> What's his face? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the game looks pretty, um, and I, I did enjoy what I played of 5. I did get burnt out on 5 after probably a third of the game. But I, I don't know if I'll try 6 or not. We'll see. Uh, so moving forward through the weekend, the next day after Ubisoft, we got Microsoft plus Bethesda. Yep. You know They used to be separate, but now that mm-hmm. Microsoft owns Bethesda, yep. they're not together. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's pretty cool that Microsoft acknowledges... Bethesda's caliber enough oh, to yeah. name them side by side as opposed yeah. to yeah, that's that's a, just a Microsoft I, conference. Yeah, I thought that was a, a as much as I don't super care for Microsoft and their IPs, I do think that was a nice touch that they did that instead of oh you are now under the Microsoft umbrella, you are part of you know, it's the Microsoft Bethesda show. Yeah. And I did think that was a nice touch. Because they didn't have to. They, no, they, they absolutely they, they did not owned have Bethesda. To. They could like, you know what? 
this is the micro or the Xbox showcase. You're part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they named Bethesda because Bethesda is a huge studio. It is. Oh, it is. It's, as much as I dislike their games, because I just the personal yeah, I just don't care for the games. I also acknowledge that they're they're a powerhouse. They're oh yeah. They're one of the they're... top best game, you know, game makers. But they're not the best at polishing their games. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that has to do with ambition. Um, oh, if you look, yeah. sometimes the most ambitious games that do the, like, a lot of different things in the background yeah, are going to have bugs. <laughs> yeah, like, if you look at CD Bright Red and the world that they mm-hmm. created, oh, absolutely. it's one of the densest open worlds that you can see oh, yeah. in a video oh, game. Absolutely. So it was super ambitious, but with ambition comes bugs and glitches. Oh, absolutely. Um, Skyrim, you know, that came out in 2011. Super ambitious for what they People did. People are still playing it. I know. That's just it. I, well, we talked about that. Yep. <laughs> and I bought the game 10 hours in. I sold it off. I was done with it. Well, I think for you, the combat. I hated the combat. You know. Um, anyway, moving into Microsoft plus Bethesda. Okay. Um, I will preface this by saying, like, I know, I think Nintendo had a great show. But I think that Microsoft and Bethesda had the overall best showcase of E3. Me as well. When you look at, you know, the content that they put out for, I think it was an hour and a half conference that they did. Yeah, yeah it was long. Yeah, it was long. Um, so how many games were in there? What was a variety of games like? Uh, and not to mention that, like, 90% of the games that they announced were available day one Xbox Game Pass. Yes. Well, that and they didn't fall into the trap of just about every other conference this year of talking about games that have already released Yeah, in some format. Like, a lot of their conference, most of their conference were new titles up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody did a breakdown, I think there's at least one exclusive Microsoft game releasing per month until the end of the year. Yeah. Based on what they watched from the conference. Yeah. Uh, so, hats off to Microsoft for putting together that... Um, I think they had a lot of variety. Um, you know, they had, you were talking about earlier, their racers, their shooters, their adventure games. Uh, the RPGs they have. I, I, not gonna lie, I skimmed it. I wasn't able to focus and watch the entire thing. Um, what were some of the highlight games? Uh, did they drop Fable? Was Fable announced in any form? Not during the showcase. Um, they did talk about it before and after. Um, I think because, so I didn't know if you knew this. The company that's working on the new Fable, it's the same development company that does the Forza Horizon games. Okay. And so for Forza Horizon 5 is already slated for release. So I think they're focused on the next upcoming game before the game, after after, yeah, the game after that. So they focused on all of the info and all of the trailer footage for Forza 5. Because that's kind of, that one's Well, that, up. that makes sense. Yeah. And then I didn't know that, I was not aware that that was the same team making that. But they have effectively said, Fable is returning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. yeah, did you see the trailer for Fable that they showed last year? Negative. Oh, you should watch it. Yeah. It, it looks promising. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so nothing Fable. Um, Forza Horizon 5, which again, that game looks outstanding. Like the footage that they showed of that. Yeah, I skipped Far I be it for being a racing thing. game, which is really not something I'm into. Graphically, that game is beautiful. So what they do for those games is they actually send people to the area and the countries that they set these games in, mm-hmm. and they'll take time-lapse imagery and videos for 24, 48-hour periods of time. Like, they'll have a camera just sitting, looking at the sky for 48 hours, 
so that they could take that footage and put you know some sort of CGI footage of that in the game. Yeah. Um. So a lot of what you see in those games is based off of real world aesthetic. That's right. really cool. Yeah. Um. It was enough that I bought Forza Horizon Three when they went to Australia. Yep. I'm like, I don't like real world racing games, but I bought that game. Um. When it was like, I picked that game up on sale after it came out for a couple months and the price dropped, and I just picked it up just to drive around it. I'm like, this is my way of getting to Australia. But yeah, and it was. Amazing, just to drive around. Oh yeah, like, I couldn't rate. I couldn't complete a race in that game to save my life, but I just <laughs> draw just to drive around. Um, so the trailer they dropped, like they had the trailer for it, looked cool. It's set in Mexico this time, uh, but it's kind of like the rainforest in Mexico, not the mm. desert. I think there's some desert, but it's not all desert. Yeah. Um, but then afterwards they were talking about more in depth. You know, sometimes they'll do a game trailer and then they'll do a breakdown of certain parts of that trailer. Um, they were showing like scenes from the game. And so, like, they pull one up on the screen, and if you didn't know that you were looking at a game, it would look like just a clip of some scenery in Mexico. It looked that realistic. And yeah. all of a sudden, Forza cars driving onto the scene, and the camera yeah. just single shot goes behind the car, and you go. Yeah. So the game does look outstanding. Yeah. Well, the thing Absolutely. is that, that always bothered me when I would look at those games, and I would look at them, and they're just like, oh, these cars are so shiny. And I'm like, any cars ever looking that shiny? I'm like, <laughs> the cars are too shiny to me. I'm like, why? Why are they so reflective? I'm like, it's a mirror. These cars aren't that shiny. Um, so beyond for for uh, another highlight that you might actually enjoy. Um, we talked a little bit last week about you know games that we wish would see a return of games like those games we see wish to see a return. Um, Kennedy snowboarding. Or what was the other snowboarding one that you're talking about? SSX. SSX. Yeah, and SSX Tricky is much as it hurts to say it, that's owned by EA. Well, yeah. So we're not getting an SSX Tricky. Yeah. But Microsoft did announce a game called Riders Republic. Yeah, I saw that one. I saw that one floating around. So it's not specifically focused on snowboarding. It's extreme sporting. Yeah. But it definitely the snowboarding sections in there had that kind of SSX tricky feel where you could have you know 64 people racing downhill doing tricks or whatnot mm-hmm. but then beyond that you had bike riding um, hang gliding and that sort of jetpack thing where you're racing around like it was this mad like concoction of extreme sports into an open world game it seemed really cool okay you, you have to look I'm, it up I'm, I'm, the I'm thing that you that. told me about this sounded really interesting is you said that there was a game mode where you would go around like the mountain and uh yeah, they have ramps and, and ramps uh, and everything. And uh, basically, the old Tony Hawk games where you had like the graffiti battles where you have to do tricks off of a certain part of the park and it would turn a color. Mm-hmm. And like the goal was to get as much of your color on the park yep. in a lot of time. Mm-hmm. That had me sold because me and my friend used to just sit back on the old Tony Hawks and do that for all like all night. Thinking about that, I wonder if those modes, are those modes in the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 I'd remakes? Assume, I'd assume so. They right? are. Are they? Very nice. Uh, so, the Nintendo Direct. Well, we're still, well, we're, um, still we're still on Microsoft. Did, we'll, we'll talk about that. You were mentioning Tony Hawk and yeah. yeah. Flipping back and forth a little yeah. bit. Um, so yeah, that's Riders Republic. Um, there, there was another one that you mentioned with some snowboarding stuff. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, Oh, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of it now. There was another snow. Oh, um, <laughs> I can see it in my head. I just can't Me think too. Of him. Um, yeah, go look that up. Uh, 
Beyond that, um, they did announce some update, upcoming content for Sea of Thieves. Yep. Now, so... They, and this I, is I'm where sorry, uh, that's a cash-in. That is purely a cash-in. The thing they're, is... They put Johnny... They're, they're like, oh, it's Pirates... It's sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life, or something like that, I think it was called. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to put Johnny Depp in as Captain Jack Sparrow. And I'm like, really? Well, they're adding story content. Well, I understand. But that. I'm saying, like... In terms of that showmanship of we're gonna bring this big name person that's gonna come out of left field that came out of left field for me because the trailer started I'm like oh it's more Sea of Thieves and that's a game that I wanted to like but I just couldn't like it like mm-hmm. I played it I it, from the concept and everything that I heard about the game I really wanted this to be a game that I would love and I didn't um, so the trailer started I'm like eh whatever but I watched and then as soon as they get to that arm sticking out with the bone whistling like oh my gosh that's Johnny Depp. So it was like a moment for me watching. Very nice. Uh, I I never really got into Sea of Thieves. I didn't either. It's a, it's a game I wanted to like. I just couldn't. I never even tried it. So like the pitch was, you know, you and your friends are sailing a pirate ship, and it had this world of things that you would do with your pirate team or your uh, crew. Uh, and, like, some of the concepts were really cool. Like, on the ship, you had one person coming the wheel, the wheel, one person who manned the mast, one person did the cannons, and all of this thing where you had to work in sync with one another. But for me, it just became a lot of tedium for not a lot of payout, meaning it just, it became so PvP in the, area, in the time that I was trying to play it that I couldn't do any of the game's content for fear of another player's ship coming up and sinking me to get what I just got. So, yeah. I just, I fell off fast on that game, and I just never went back to it. And I will not go back to it because of Pirates of the Caribbean. I just thought that was a nice little twist surprise that came from one of their reveals. Yeah. Um, I can't believe we've talked about their biggest reveal yet. Uh, they did show a trailer for Starfield. Yeah. One of the most anticipated games of the last five years since they announced it. Um, and now that Xbox owns Bethesda, I've said it that I feel like it would just be a super smart move of, like, in terms of business and financials for Microsoft to make those big Bethesda games exclusive. Mm-hmm. Starfield is now Microsoft exclusive. Yep. Uh, so when I found out Starfield was exclusive, I started heavily contemplating getting an Xbox. Now, see me, I go through, I looked at it, I was like, I was interested in that, but it's like, oh, it's Xbox exclusive. Like, oh, I, that'll be another game I won't play. It's like, I, I got Xbox. I know, but it's just, I just don't care. Now, but that's that's me. That's me. I will say, I am really excited for Starfield. I was still disappointed with that review. Yeah. Because they didn't show any gameplay or what the game's about. Nope. It was more of those, like, uh, Hey, we're still working on this. Oh, yeah. It's like a set piece that showed a little bit about the world that you're in, so it kind of has that more realistic sci-fi vibe as opposed to, like, space uh, opera or space fantasy. Yeah. It didn't seem like it had as much fantasy because it had the only realistic-looking rocket ships, like what you'd see from NASA or something. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people are wanting that kind of high space fantasy stuff. This didn't look like it. Now, we could be completely wrong. But that's the nature of what we got is we don't know what we're looking at as a whole. Um, I'd assume that it's going to have some shooting of some sort in it because at the beginning of the trailer, the guy puts a gun on the rack and then goes to the cockpit. 
So you'd assume that there's going to be some sort of shooting. But I, I'll need to go through and watch the video. It was at the again. very beginning. It's very easy to miss. I only noticed. I didn't watch it. Or I didn't notice it my first watch through. I noticed it when I was watching the IGN crew kind of break it down little by little, and they had on a loop. And at the beginning of one of the loops of it, the guy walked onto the ship. And Cillian put like a gun, like a rifle, up on the table, and then he goes up to the cockpit. Mm. It's very fast, very easy to miss. Yeah, I missed it. I'll have to go back and watch it. But that's probably the biggest hint we might have into what the gameplay is going to be like. Um, and that's not even a sure thing. Right. Yeah. The big worry All for I know that, is that if it's a shooter, I'm immediately writing it off. Yeah. For you. For me. Uh, the big worry for me is if it's going to be kind of that space travel walking simulator type thing where it's just mainly you're simulating flying through space and these different planets and exploring um which is not what i'm necessarily into like i want some sort of you know explorer adventure yeah are you talking about death stranding mm, the massive no, walking simulator no not that one no. <laughs> You can't talk about Death Stranding because now it's Death Stranding director's cut. <laughs> no, there was so, the yeah. other space game that was. We're going to come back to that for a second. Never mind. Sorry, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just yeah. like. Space, no, space no I just go through it. It's like, that makes me think of like the, the walking simulator, the game that was. The game that was so overblown and overhyped. That it basically broke the oh, you're No Man's Sky. No Man's yeah. Sky. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. That baby, like, this is going to be the greatest game, greatest game, greatest game. And launch, launch it was like trash. this trash. But that is probably one of the best, like, success stories oh, yeah. of it coming back. And it's a, an amazing recovery story. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, I can't believe that dude actually, like, hey, we're going to make this game good. And he stuck with it for three years to make it where it's at now. Yeah, that was and he fantastic. put out did all those updates for free. Yeah. And kudos. Yeah. So before we finish up with Xbox, you said something about Death Stranding Director. I watched that trailer. What was the deal with like I think I I have if you don't know, Kojima is the one who created Metal Gear Solid and Snake and the whole idea of hiding in a box. But Death Stranding is not in the medical universe because he can't make it in the medical universe, even though he created it. So was that just kind of like a middle finger to Kojima, or not, uh, Konami? Absolutely. Okay, that's, uh, that's what it felt like to me. Absolutely. Did you watch that director's cut trailer? No, I need to now. So, essentially, you know uh, Norman Reedus is the main character of the game Death Stranding. Yes. So, the entire trailer for the director's cut is he goes to like, this storage room, He's got his get up like from the game and everything, and then he pulls a box off the shelf, kind of looks at it, puts it on the ground, looks at some more, and then he jumps inside of it and hides. And then he gets back out, puts the box back on the shelf, and walks away. <laughs> like, that is an entire F you to Konami. Oh, that 100% <laughs> is an F. Yeah, that is. Uh... Like, that's what it felt like. Like, surely they couldn't put this much money into a director's cut version of a game and a trailer. Just to stick it to the man. <laughs> I think they did. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, everybody knows it, and they're like, this is fantastic. It definitely threw that, me that, from... that, is, that is a troll level. That, that, is, that is a level. That, that, is, is, that is Kojima going, not only am I going to say F you, but Norman Reedus is going to say F you. 
And then everyone who plays this game is going to say it, too. <laughs> because it's a mandatory thing, and it will be an unlock. <laughs> it will be an achievement. <laughs> Director's cut. Achievement number one. Hide in a box. <laughs> All right. Um, um, so, one last thing before we pass Xbox. Well, I was in the class. I was like, I'm trying to go through the games we talked about, see if there's anything major ones we missed. So if you have one to add Back to for Blood. Yes. Um, so it looks like a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Which, Left 4 Dead was one of the first reasons I even bought the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. A lot of bought it for that, because it was a different style of multiplayer game. It was, the, it was like one of the first, like, zombie survival, like, partner up with your teams and just survive this amusement park of zombies. Yeah. One, like, my friends and I used to have a lot of fun where uh, we'd play online multiplayer where essentially you and your team is like a roll of the dice when yep. you started a team of zombies and it was a point system where however far your team gets, you get that many points. And then you switch roles and now you're the zombies and you're trying to stop them from getting to the next area. And it was mm-hmm. a really fun mechanic that we haven't really seen since Left 4 Dead 2. Which, Back for Blood is just... It looks, yeah. Updated Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one... Was that revealed during the Microsoft Bethesda? I want to say it was. Okay. I just got, like, 20 hours of E3 crammed in my head in the last, like, <laughs> I know. Hours. They all kind of start to bleed together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if they did them all so early in the morning. I know. Yeah. I'm like, um, so Starfield was one of their bigger ones. Another one that they went in depth with was Halo Infinity, which I'm not the biggest Halo fan on the planet, but with this one going open world, my interest is number one. Number two, what they were showing off looked like they were they kind of added a more physics-based engine to it, which seemed really interesting to me. Yes. Uh, so they had the trailer, which the trailer looks interesting. I like the story of Halo. I really oh, yeah. do. Um, and so they kind of knocked out of the park with what this story's going to be with Master Chief losing Cortana. Now he picks up the new AI. And yep. I think his goal is to go get Cortana back. Yeah. More than likely what it's going to be. So what did you think of the... Halo Infinite 3 multiplayer. We mean Infinite 3. No, not Infinite 3. The Halo Infinite 3 multiplayer. Free. Oh, free. Free. I think it's a 3. Like, I have some um, yeah, so the fact that they're making the multiplayer part free, like, I think it's almost a necessity with Call of Duty going that route now. Um, if they locked it behind buying the game, they might lose out on that competitive online. Because there are people who will buy Halo games just to play online and never care one oh, yeah. about the story. I'm not one of those guys, but there are people out there like that. Um, similar for Call of Duty. People will buy Call of Duty just to play online and never touch the story uh, of those games. Um, so with other companies taking their online multiplayer and kind of giving that out for free with, you know, well the new games as a service model that we've been going, rolling with with seasons and cosmetics and whatnot. It's, yeah. I, I know I cringe too, but it's just the route that a lot of games are going now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So that part, I think, was kind of a necessity, but 
part of the gameplay that they showed for that multiplayer and even the game in general with that physics stuff seems really interesting. It does. Like, I don't know if, how much of that you watched, but... Like I said, I skimmed the Xbox because I knew there wasn't going to be much in there. When, when I'm talking about physics, most shooter games, like, you actually have to go pick things up. Destiny, Call of Duty, it's like you actually have to go pick your things up. In this, they added this physics engine where part of the gameplay they show this person playing like an online multiplayer match he knows the energy sword is down this valley so but he's engaged with this person here so he quickly throws the grenade down into the valley goes back scopes up and then when the grenade blows up the energy sword was flying up from the blast of the grenade and he, uses he like catches a... it midair yeah <laughs> and there was another scene uh where he was engaged with someone i think it was but, like, he, he kills him, and he knows he drops the gun, and there's a guy coming this way. And yeah, he picks up the gun that the guy dropped in midair. Like, yeah. There's this weird, like, it seems really cool physics engine that they've created to kind of advance Halo as we know it to, like, the next level. Which... And, like, even during the... Sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. I apologize. Uh, but even during, like, the, the gameplay for the, the story mode of the game, mm -hmm. he's flying through the air, and he's like, oh, I've got one bullet what can you do with that against the whole army dude's like it's enough and uses like a grappling hook to grab another yep. gun that was the other part they're adding a grappling hook to match sheep yeah it actually looks like so um like i said this is not me fanboying over halo because i'm not the biggest halo person i got into it a little bit on the xbox 360 didn't care for four that much i liked five story with nathan Fillion, but i'm gonna Feeling at heart, um, but yeah, I haven't really been into Halo since the 360, and this one's got my interest peaked because there aren't like FPS games doing that with physics, right? And if they can pull it off and they do it well, they might do for shooters what they originally did for shooters with Halo One, mm -hmm. and that is advancing them and progressing them to that next level of creating like. So, like, N64, 007, of course, you, you have that, uh, like, shooter style, but I don't remember any other shooter game dual-wielding weapons until Halo 2. Well, there's that, and the fact that prior to the first Halo, like, this whole twin-stick yeah. shooter thing, that was not really a thing. Right. If you go back to Goldeneye, that game is highly unplayable if you're used to that dual-stick Oh, setup, absolutely. Because... You have to uh, use actually, your joystick to move, and you have to use the C things to like aim up and down or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, your your aim is basically going on a linear path up and down and left. Actually, and right. a better example is Metroid Prime on the GameCube. They actually had two sticks on that, but they didn't actually cue into this idea of using the other one to you know actively look around. You had to hold the R button, which stopped your movement in place, and then use the left analog stick to aim yep. in Metroid Prime. So, Metroid Prime was roughly the same, it is the same generation as, uh, as Halo. As Halo. But Halo was the first team that finally caught on the, you know what, we've got two sticks here, let's use them. Exactly. So yeah, they kind of progressed first-person shooters back with Halo 1, and if these physics, and this physics engine that we saw in the E3 press conference works out, and it works, they might have done it again with Halo Infinity. Absolutely, which I would love to see. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of shooters, they did reveal bat the new Battlefield, which we have Battlefield 24? Yeah. 24. 
We haven't got a new battlefield since uh, World War Two. Was it the last one? I believe so. Yeah, or World War One. I. I think it was World War One. I can't remember. It was, it was Battlefield Five, and that was the one that had all the controversy behind it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. People like to forget about that one. Um, this one, like, it looks pretty, and it looks kind of interesting. Like, I'm not, I don't, I have never gotten into Battlefield games. Just for what the trailer showed off, it seemed like a cool idea where you've got this massively multiplayer match going on, and there's actual things happening in the map like there's a cyclone going off yeah in the middle of the town yeah that's destroying like, buildings that you're fighting stuff going on yeah there's massive online battles in these massive cities with hazardous weather yep rockets like space rockets going on is you look like a mad company of things going on um i probably won't play it but it looked cool yeah i'll leave it at that uh so there was Halo, Infinity, we talked about Battlefield. Is there any other major things I missed for Xbox? Was Outer Worlds 2 Xbox? I think they announced it during Xbox, but I don't think it's Xbox exclusive. I don't think so. Um, and they didn't really show much, it's just a trailer. Like, oh yeah, that was the meme trailer. Yeah. We've got <laughs> nothing done on this game. We don't have this, we don't have this, we don't have this, but we have the title screen. No, it, was the, it was the trailer where uh, the guy narrated everything happening in the trailer, and then at the end he's like, and this is where we would show you game footage, if we had it. <laughs> it was a funny trailer, I will say that. <laughs> um, I didn't get into the first Outer World, so I don't know what I'm expecting with that game. Uh, for me, I'm not a big Fallout fan. Uh, I enjoyed Fallout New Vegas enough to play through it. But it's not a game that I go back to or I have So you, you played more of Fallout New Vegas than I have. Yeah. You both played more of a Fallout period than I have. <laughs> and then I did try Fallout 4, and while like the town building mechanic seemed really cool to me, I eventually lost interest because I, I didn't care for the game. Yeah. Uh, so Outer Worlds felt like Fallout to me, and for that reason I never tried it. I think that was the whole point, is they wanted to make a Fallout-like game, but it was... Outer World, that was, it was basically Fallout in Space, if I remember. Yes, that's what it looked like to me. Yes, yeah, so it looked like Fallout in Space. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I know I know a lot of people love it. It's a very popular game. Yep. Uh, so, quick recap on Xbox. Um, a lot of titles. We did not hit every single one. I know we did. No, we at least probably didn't even hit half. Um, they had a lot of variety. Um, now, the cool thing is... You know, Xbox Game Pass, I, we've said it here, is probably one of the best bang for bucks on the market right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, if you're into, you know, a lot of Xbox exclusives, because every exclusive Xbox game hits Game Pass the day it releases. Yeah. So, with that entire E3 conference, every game you see, not every, about, I think 80% of the games you see on that conference will be coming to Game Pass day and date. Uh, now, we can talk about Sony now, because they didn't have a press conference, so I'm not going out of any type of order here. But somebody yeah. did break down the math. Yep. With this new generation of console, new game prices are going up to seventy bucks. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've seen that with PS Five. Um, so that's just throwing up. PlayStation's closest thing to Game Pass is PlayStation Now, but they don't do any of their exclusive day and date. They no. usually hit maybe a year, maybe two years after the actual release. Yep. So if somebody is on top of gaming and they want to play brand new games day one when they come out. If they go to the PlayStation 5 and play those exclusives and those games day and day, over three years. So they say they play 15 games over three years. They're going to spend $840 to 
to play 15 new games over the course of three years. Yep. If they go the Xbox route and they like the lineup of games that they've seen at E3 and in general, plus 100 other games that are on Game Pass right now, um, they play 15 first-party Xbox games day and day, brand new, for $360 over the course of three years. Yep. So just to kind of put it out there, like, Xbox, I think, has acknowledged their issues with the Xbox One console and the severe lack of first-party content. So over the last three years, what do they do? They bought first-party studios to start developing tons of first-party content. Yep. And I think this is the first E3 conference where we saw the fruits of that labor, where we bought all these companies, here are the games that they've started making for us. Yeah. And I only expect them to go bigger and better probably next year. Yeah, absolutely. Especially once they... Once Bethesda hammers out and actually puts some information out on Starfield, I think yeah. that's going to break a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I was saying a lot, like, uh, for the last month. Starfield, Elder Scrolls 6, those are highly anticipated games for Bethesda by a lot of I know not everybody, but a lot of people. And the people who are interested in those games, we're in the cusp of a new console generation. Yeah. People are still clamoring to kiss one of those consoles. This was a, actually really important E3 to showcase what's coming on those consoles. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to probably make somebody's decision one way or the other. Yeah. And with Starfield, like they came out the gate, right? First game, they showed off of Starfield. And by the way, it's exclusive to Xbox. Yeah. yeah so that's going to sway a lot of people's decisions if they have to decide between PS5 and Xbox Series X. They might be going towards Series X. So I am one of those people. I have been a Sony PlayStation person my whole life. I I owned an Xbox. I've had an Xbox 360. I got rid of, but I've always kept my PlayStations. Yep. I have a PS4 Pro now. I after watching E3 this year and seeing all this stuff that's coming out, I am on the cusp of going. All right, PlayStation, give me Xbox. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people with you. We might have to wait to see what Sony's state of play is. That what it's called? Yeah, Sony's state of play. But until then... We still don't even know when that is. I know. So until then, we're on the high of Xbox's conference, at least in terms of that console war, if you want to call it that. Up next, we have Square Enix conference. Yeah. Do we want to call it a conference, or we just want to call it a... It's a a, a recap. (laughs) Can can I I say the only thing I liked about Square Enix is... Sure, let's start with the high, and then we'll just go down from there. Start with the high? All right. Uh... Matt Mercer was the guy who narrated Square Enix. Yup. That's my... That's, that is what I like about Square Enix. That is it. So, I'm, I'm with John. I was, I, I was severely underwhelmed and disappointed at the same time watching Square Enix's uh, E3 conference. My expectations were low, and they couldn't even meet that. <laughs> like, they were below the table, and they couldn't even meet that. I'm like... Well, that's the, that's the thing is, I think they actually had a pretty strong year with Final Fantasy VII Remake finally coming out. Yeah. Um, while Avengers wasn't what they wanted it to be sales-wise. Do um, we just still we just... had potential? Well, yeah. But that's the thing. is like, with hintings and rumors over the last couple of years of what they've got planned for a lot of these major franchises, and even new franchises... It was almost like a T-ball being teed up for them just to crush for this E3 to show fans what they wanted to see. And then they missed hitting a T-ball. <laughs> they're yeah. like, here, we're going to put the ball right on the stand for you. You hit it. They're like, wee! So I think a lot of fans wanted to see some more Final Fantasy 16. Not a peep. 
on that game. Yeah, that was the only game I wanted to hear about. And nothing. 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 I think it was two years ago when they showed the trailer for it. Uh, yeah. So we could have expected at least something on the game. Yeah, finally getting away from the, the pretty boy anime road trip that was Final Fantasy fifteen. Yes. I, I, I saw that in, like, uh, Hard Pass, but when I saw that they were going back to medieval yes. Final Fantasy with this, the magical summons, I'm like, oh, And that yes. game looked great two years ago. Oh, it, been... it was so good. I, was... like, I watched Square Enix to the end waiting for that one more thing, yeah. and mm-hmm. that one more thing never happened. Yeah. Instead, what did we get? We got a remaster collection of 1 through 6 coming. Yeah. I... And a mobile game. Yeah, and a mobile game. I... I... Started watching Square Enix showcase Matt Mercer's voice came on. He introduced himself. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. But what? And it was all downhill from there. Well, And so part of what I think this E3 was, was I'm trying to salvage the mess that is Avengers. Um, just, just, just let it go. Yeah, I think it's a game that they're going to have. Like, you know, look at what... Was it EA that did Anthem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Anthem tanked. forgot about yeah, the, I forgot like, about Anthem. Holy crap. Anthem tanked hard. Anthem tanked so hard that, you know, I think being the company that EA is, they realize, okay, we're just going to let this one go and move on with our lives and focus on other things. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine if the first conference after Anthem, EA came back out? Oh, by the way, we've got two more DLCs coming for Anthem. 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 Trying to push the Anthem. So, so that's what with it, Anthem... Anthem came came out and it tanked super hard. I will admit, I was one of those people that reordered Anthem, and it was not worth what we paid for. It was terrible. They came out with some patches and some updates and everything that made Anthem playable. <laughs> Wasn't there a patch where that made everything blue, or something like that? I don't know if there was or not, but if there was, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, there was there, there was a, there was supposed to be some kind of big like storm, like yeah, event that everything. But yeah. basically, what happened is that instead of this wild, crazy tornado-filled hurricane storm that was going to like rip the planet apart, they just had some you know extra breezy, you know, the, the wind would kind of picked up a little bit, the trees moved a little bit more, and they put a blue filter over everything. Interesting. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so, oh no. Also, what happened is the dungeons that you would do with uh, people online, uh, you would go and you would fly through these caves and everything, whatever. You would go to land and you would just straight fall through the ground. So just Like, every time, every person who did it, you would just fall through the ground. <laughs> and it made it un... It made an entire section of the game unplayable. Oh, well, it is the game. Yeah. But, so, it felt like, back to Square. Square was almost trying to salvage Avengers, but, well, I'm not saying they can't salvage it. They might make it better, make it the game that people want. Trying to focus all their attention on what currently is a dying game and not, you know, catering to the fan base that has made them the company that they are today feels like a big miss to me. Yeah. There was no Final Fantasy sixteen. Nope. There was no data on part two of Final Fantasy seven remake. Which, right. There's which... people clamoring for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got a tiny sneak peek of Project Triangle strategy. Um 
back on Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Would have liked to see more of that. And when I didn't see it in Square Enix, like, well, maybe they're saving for the Nintendo side. Nope, it wasn't there. So I think that was another miss because like, that looked like a really interesting game yeah. that they could have talked about in more in depth, but they didn't. So there's not a lot for me to say about Square Enix. I will say probably the one game that I am probably going to try is the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Yeah, it looks interesting. I completely mistook that for more of that. I, th- I thought it was a DLC for. So I think it's used, I think they use the same engine, but it yeah. has nothing to do with the Avengers game aside from being Marvel. Yeah, I just go through. To me, Marvel all looks the same, and I assumed it was the same. Well, let's say like so. Think of it this way: uh, you know, there's Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's like I realized that now, yeah. but I said when I initially watched it, I took it as a. And the fact that it's going to be on Switch, which they did not reveal during yeah. Square Enix's conference, they revealed that during the Direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. That's when I really learned, realized that oh, this is a new game. Yep. Because like when I watched the conference, I thought it was, it, you know, because it didn't have the Switch. I'm like, oh, because the Avengers game isn't on the Switch, if I remember. No, right. it's not. Didn't think so. Um, I go through it. And I'm just like, eh, well, it's you know, I thought it was a DLC or like here's a sequel to the Avengers game. So the thing that really interests me too, because it got beyond Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you know, you're gonna have similar tropes from the comics and the movies or whatnot. But when they were actually going through that first mission gameplay, uh, one of my favorite story-driven games. We talked about it on our top 25 list that we did, uh, Uncharted 2. Yeah. Like, that's a game when you're playing. Like, it obviously, they feels they, like you're playing through a movie. Yeah. Like they've got the cutscenes, but it's be, it's the in-between cutscenes where you're actually playing the game. You're navigating your character whatnot. That, there's that dialogue. There, there's the banter. There's that dialogue that just kind of inserts, it inserts you into that world and that story that you're being a part of that really made Uncharted 2 kind of special to me. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got vibes of that while watching the Guardians of Galaxy uh, first mission that they showed yeah. after the fact. Absolutely. That's one of the re- like My favorite RPGs of all time are the Tales series. Um, and one of my favorite things about the Tales series games is that they have what they call skits. And it's just little, while you're on the overworld and you're running around, you know, getting from town to town in between uh, battles, they have skits. And it's just screenshots of the characters' faces and they're bantering back and forth talking about things. Like, they could be talking about something innocuous. It's like, oh, I tripped and fell. Ha ha, look at you falling. Or they're like, hey, we need to actually, like, have dinner. What do we want? Like, okay, well, what do you got? Okay, we need to get this. And they'll have, like, a three, four-minute discussion on what we're going to have for dinner and who's going to go get what. Yep. And it's just small things like that that I can really appreciate in games. But it it all depends on how it's presented. Mm-hmm. Is it just shoehorned in there and it's, you know, pointless? Like, okay, that what, what was the purpose of that? Versus, oh, hey, you know, we're actually going to have a character and we're going to build on these relationships with mm-hmm. people. Well, that's the thing, like, especially in Uncharted, because I don't have enough first-hand knowledge of Guardians of the Galaxy. My hope is that it's, you know, fluid and natural. But in, like, Uncharted, you know, you're, you'd have a character, you'd have, like, a companion traveling with you, and they just have a full-blown five-minute conversation while you're navigating the forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they really kind of blurred the lines between, you know, cinematic and gameplay to where they kind of meshed together in a way that was really interesting. Yeah. So I'm hoping to see some of that in Guardians of the Galaxy. 
But beyond that, I'm not too excited about anything else that was at the Square Enix press conference, unfortunately. No. Uh, any final thoughts on theirs before we move to one of the better conferences of E3? My final thoughts is I wish it had Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> well, they did. They had one through six. Yeah. My, my final thoughts is I wish they had a better showcase. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, we'll end the show talking about the finale of E3 being the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, this one I watched twice. Twice? Nice. Oh, there, there was some good things and then there was some not so good things. And so, like, I enjoyed the Nintendo Direct a lot more than I did the Square Enix. Um, and while there was probably more games in the Nintendo Direct that I personally am going to play, I, like, I just feel like because of those ups and downs, yeah. there were some games I think... They, that they probably could have revealed last month's direct instead of saving it for a big E3 showcase. Yeah, oh. E3 showcase is where they hammer out their big AAA titles. Big oh, AAA absolutely, games. I, I would I would agree with that. It's like, like I said, it's like I acknowledge that overall Xbox had Xbox Plus Bethesda had the best showcase, but there's very few games in there for me. Mm-hmm. Right. I but, will say Nintendo did me dirty. When they put the intro screen up for Super Monkey Ball with all the bananas, like, oh, this is the real for Donkey Kong. Come on, let's go. And it was Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, that one, I thought it was good. I'm like, are they making a space Donkey Kong game? <laughs> oh, you dirty rat. <laughs> you dirty rat. It didn't help that what, two months ago that they had that reveal that they're working on a new Donkey Kong yep. uh, game. Yeah, I, I, I was like... I'm like, I don't think they've ever put a Donkey Kong in space before. That would no, have been that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we didn't get anything Donkey Kong. Really nothing Mario, unless you count uh, Mario Golf. Golf. Which Mario yeah, Golf looks pretty... The Mario Golf, Mario looks, Golf looks like something I'm willing to try. Yes. Yeah. I it definitely looks interesting. One, so. And especially like with the interesting modes. It's not just golf. Like You have the race, or not race, but you know the... I forget what they call that mode. Where it's just you hit the ball and you run to go yeah. hit oh. the next shot. Speed golf, I yeah, think. Yeah, like, 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 like yeah. Something like that. But yeah, that one looks funny, but the one thing that looks crazy to me is the one thing I loved about Mario Golf on the N64 was the crazy levels. Is the more absurd levels. Like, they're in the new golf game. I I think I might get I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to grab it because there's a whole level in there where you're trying to birdie while playing golf in New Donk City. Yep. Yep. I'm like, you're bouncing trying, off, buildings. Bouncing off yep. of buildings, you're getting this and that. I'm just like, yes, please. Yep. This looks amazing. So, There's yeah. so many other levels. Yeah, that game is definitely one we'll probably have to check out. Yeah, well, if, if not, we'll have it here on the store. One other Mario title I was not so impressed with, or at least, I don't know how it was. Like, Super Mario, Mario Party... Superstar. Superstar, that's what it was. Mario Party Superstars. I'm like... Well, so... I guess I'll start this off with. I want the Nintendo sixty four Mario Parties, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have minded like a Superstar version that had all of the content of those in there. Yep. But the fact that there it's five maps, yep. five boards, yep. and one hundred games. Yep. Now, if you would have been like, "Here's a game. Here's with like twenty five maps and like three hundred and fifty games." Yep. That would I'm like, I'd pay seventy bucks for that right now. And that's where I feel like it almost feels like a cash grab from Nintendo. This one, I, I 100% agree with it. it, it this one's a blatant cash Because here's grab. the thing. Lazy. Is that? The, well, it's definitely lazy. 
when they re-released Mario Part Mario Kart Eight, they released all the DLC tracks with it, yep. and the game itself had a lot of throwback tracks. So like mm-hmm. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe has the most tracks of any Mario Kart game out there. Yep. When they did Smash for the Switch, they brought all of the characters that had ever been Smash in the base game, mm-hmm. and then the DLC was added. They kept adding characters. After yeah, and there's yep. But I think there's what fifty-one characters on the base roster, or something like that. Yeah, something like something insane like that. And then. Um, 3D All-Stars you know, had three separate games in one. Now, can you imagine if they tried releasing All-Stars for 60 bucks and it had the you know, favorite levels of each game packed into oh, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's what Superstars is. Yeah. Like, if they would have had, you know, a Superstars, which included every single mini game and every single map from all three of the 64 games, I would have been all down for that. Yeah, 100%. But the fact that they is... cherry-picked certain maps... And certain it only games. included five. Yes. It's only five. I'm yeah. like... Well, that's the thing. Like, Mario Party historically has has had only five per game. But the fact that this... They're based off of already released Mario Party games. It's That's what, that's what bugs me about it. Because... For as much effort as went into this, they probably could have just easily or easier put Nintendo 64 Classics on the Switch. Yeah. Or... Just created the entire superstar like package. I and what's gonna piss me off more? I shouldn't say that, but what's gonna make me more upset is if six months down the road they come out with DLC that is more of the maps. Oh, they probably will. And then, yeah. So, well, I can't say that because Nintendo's not prone to do that. They, they don't. They don't do that a whole lot. They, that doesn't happen very often. Not too often. I just I worry about them trying to experiment with. Um, Playing on that nostalgia. If they've had a heavy track record with that, I would 100%. Like, if EA was releasing this, oh yeah, the, you know, there'd be no doubt in my mind. I don't know if Nintendo will do this, or if they do, they would do it very cheaply. But they, it, it, it is a worry, and yeah, I, I can concede that it very well is an issue that could potentially be a problem. Yeah. So... Yeah, that, those are the vibes I got watching the trailer for the Superstar, uh, Mario Party Superstar. Yeah, Mario Party. Yeah. As much as I would love some old school Mario Party 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. it's not enough of a package for me to drop 16. No, for. no. Not at all. But what is looks really cool is the new Metroid 5. Yes. Metroid oh, Red. Red. Metroid Red. So, I'm like, that I, feel for me. That looks good. I would that have... looks real good. So what's funny is everybody was so focused on Metroid Prime 4, mm-hmm. and I think we all had the general consensus we're probably not going to see much, if anything, of Prime 4. I think we completely forgot about the other side of Metroid, which is the 2D side-scrolling yeah. ones. Like, I was sitting, I was watching the, uh, I, I was watching it at, you know, my first, at uh, work this morning, and I was sitting in the break room, watching this while eating lunch live and it dropped the metroid F- dread trailer started going and i squeaked yeah i'm like <laughs> and i had people coming into the break group they're going alan alan what what are, what is wrong with you I'm like nothing <laughs> nothing and i i do like how they preface that trailer but I think, because i don't think they could have dropped that trailer without at least acknowledging prime 4's existence yeah it's like Okay, we're about to drop something big. But before we do, 
We are still working on Prime 4. It is in existence. It is, so far, it's kind of the thing. Eventually. But, eventually. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. Don't hate us. <laughs> and we don't like... I think, like, they were not wrong. They have not released a new side-scrolling uh, Metroid game in terms of new, like, story like a new game. Yeah, because yeah, uh, like Samus what? Returns was a remake. Uh, oh, what was the one on the GBA? Fusion. Well, that that was the, that's technically four. Okay. There was the one that was a remake of Metroid One. That was on GBA. It was a remake of it Metroid was. One. I can't remember the name. I I was just talking about it earlier, and now I can't remember the name. Anyway. Good either. Uh, so yeah, in terms of just pure side-scrolling Metroid game, they haven't created anything new that wasn't a remake in 19 years. So that I mean, they can't really blame us for. Getting about side scrolling Metroid, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it definitely like home run for me in that reveal. And yes, I so this is where me and Mike's uh, we get taken a little bit tickled a little bit because we get to go Metroid on. Oh, yeah, Metroid, yes. And I haven't, I haven't played Metroid, I don't think I've ever completed a Metroid. Game. Oh, really? Never, I've never completed, I've played. The original Metroid, I it's, it's just too complicated. It's hard. It was it's, it's just too hard. I can't do it. I I I'm, I'm a wimp when it comes to that. Um, I played through more of Super Metroid, but it didn't. I I was never got around to finishing it. This one looks really good. While I wait for Metroid Prime Four. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really like the Prime trilogy. And I like how, like, in chronological, like, storyline or timeline, you know, Fusion is the latest in that story. Mm -hmm. And they kept elements of the Fusion suit into this one. It's Metroid Zero Mission. That's it. Zero Mission. Zero Mission. That's what I was thinking. That's, yep. that's the that's remake what, of yeah. the first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Fusion had that blue suit, and they uh -huh. kept elements of that blue suit in this one to yep. be the continuation of what was going on in Fusion. Yeah, because when yeah. that first popped up, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That, that looks weird. Oh, that's because I never really got around to playing the side-scroller, so that's yep. why I didn't get it. Um, so, continuing on with Nintendo, I feel like there's a lot of fluff in some of these side games that I feel like they could have just waited for a later direct or done it an earlier direct. I agree, but there was also a lot of games that tickled my nostalgia bone because... It dropped Advance Wars. Oh yeah, two. that one was that. Oh, I saw that, and that was another game. What a great name, Reboot Camp. Reboot Camp. <laughs> they're the <one>. <laughs> Reboot Camp, and I'm like, oh, I have to get these because on my Game Boy Advance, I played three games. I I I, I had played three games: Pokemon uh, Sapphire, Advance Wars, and Minish Cap. Yep. Those were the three games I owned. And I played the crap out of those games. I love them so much. <laughs> the fact that this is the... I'm like, I'm usually not a huge nostalgia person, but this is a... I'm going to buy this game, and I am going to play the crap out of it. I am so excited for Reboot Camp. It's not even funny. Oh. I want this game bad. So I've heard a lot of talk about Advance Wars. It's not a game I ever got to play growing up, but everything I hear about it seems like a game I would love. And this might finally be my time to actually try it out. I, oh, yeah. I'm picking it up. If you want to, I'm going to bring it in. It's going to be playable on the store. I'm, I'm picking this up on my own dime, and I will. you need to play it. You need to try it. 
Mm-hmm. Like I did this. There's certain games that I just I know people won't try unless if I physically buy the game and hand it to them. Like <laughs> him with Shantae. Yep. I knew you weren't going to ever ch- actually give Shantae a chance, so I physically brought my copy. And I'm like, John, yeah. play this and game. It was a good game. Yeah. Like I liked it. Yeah. All right. Um, we're running a little low on time. Okay. We definitely want to spend some time talking about the end of the Nintendo Direct, but before we get to that. Was there anything else from the rest of the Nintendo Direct that kind of has you guys excited for? Uh, nothing from Nintendo, but we did forget one thing from another showcase that I kind of want to talk about. What's that? Uh, from Ubisoft Forward. The Avatar game. Yeah, so there's memes surrounding that, and the game does look pretty. <laughs> it looks interesting. I'm not sure what the gameplay is like, because they didn't really show a whole lot. But the meme is... Like, um, James Cameron's going to be pissed if the game's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not, not wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> I, oh, I need to see these. I, I have missed these. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested to see more content or see what is happening with that game and what it's actually going to be like. Because, yeah, we got the trailer, so we know it's a thing. Yeah. But I don't know what that thing is. Right. So. Yeah, anything else for you before we get to the finale of Nintendo? I also, the same thing with Advance Wars, they're bringing, I haven't seen a new cruising game. It's, I haven't seen, when was the last time you've seen a new cruising game? Yeah. I, I am, I am, I am cautiously excited for that game. I'm like. I'm more on the cautious side. I'm, I'm like, I want to try it. I want to try it. So I won't. I I. Mm, so cruising you say cruising world and cruising Zotica. I there love, are there are arcade racers and I yeah, loved all three of I them. I loved all three of them. But I I worry that this one has gone too far into the arcade. Well, they said that if you go through and you if you go to any of the arcades, this is apparently supposed to be a port, a console port of the arcade game. Well, yeah, but what? like. So, my reason I love World and USA is because it was like a blend of racing and arcade. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like it's too much of a blend as far as much as it's just a straight up arcade rip. Yeah. Again, that's what I said. It's like, it, I'm like, the cruising name is a solid, is almost as solid with me as like, you know, the. The Sarge's Heroes games, where mm-hmm. it's a, it's firmly this is one hundred percent nostalgia <laughs> running me here, but I also am like, okay, I acknowledge that my nostalgia is blinding me here, <laughs> but I want to play it, but I also am like this could probably suck, <laughs> and I I don't want it to, but I acknowledge that it has a ninety percent chance of sucking. <laughs> All right, so moving to the end of Nintendo. Direct. Um, they did me dirty again, but this time it was in a slightly better way. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of got burned by Square Enix and my disappointment with them that when he said, okay, this is the final bit that we're showing you for E3, mm-hmm. and it was Hyrule Warriors. Like, oh, no way. No. I was, yeah, I saw that. I was like, this is the final thing, and it went, I, I, my heart sank to my stomach. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, you can't do this to me. No. Like, you know what people want, and you're going to give us more Hyrule Warriors. Like, come on. They're like, I don't want Hyrule Warriors. But then they did a double dirty, because then after Hyrule Warriors, it's like, oh, 
And then, just so you know, Skyward Sword's still coming out. Like, no! 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 no, no. Like, Don't do this. Well, I'm interested in replaying Skyward Sword with the like the actual button controls as opposed to which are apparently exclusively only in handhold mode. You can't do it if you have it on the TV. You have to use the Joy-Cons. That's gonna piss me which off. Which that's I do not like that. No, 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 no. I do not like this. But again. That's not what I wanted to see them close the show out with. So again, I'm thinking like I'm like fuming at Nintendo at this point. Like, first you flash high rewards in front of me, get that out of here, and then you just drop Skyward Sword, get that out of here. It's like, come and on. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. And then they did the whole like one more thing thing, and then they showed us what we all wanted to see. And here's number yes. two, and they fake out again because you see the the red tendrils. Okay. And then it goes to the white, and it fakes out again, and he's falling, and I immediately go to... Oh, no, no, the, the, I thought you were going with the Game & Watch, because that was another fake-out. No, that was another fake-out with the Game & Watch, where it's, what, it, I think they usually do those Game & Watch things, and it's like a 50 or $60 thing, and it had the original Zelda, Zelda 2, and Zelda Link's Awakening, which, which was the Game Boy one. Link's Awakening on there actually kind of has to be perfect just a little bit. Yeah, but... If I'm going to play Link's Awakening, I'll just play the copy that I, you know, already that, own for the Switch, the remake. That's true. I'm like, I don't need a, you know, I don't need that. Sure. I mean, if I, if I would buy it, I would buy it for a collection. I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. But with the fake out with the video where he's falling just like he does since the Skyloft. Mm-hmm. And then it goes in and started showing game, like physical, actual gameplay of it. And... The, the, the sky, the the, 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 the the castle is floating in the sky, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god. So I'm trying to figure out where they're going with the story. Like, it's super interesting with the castle being floating up the sky, which kind of reminiscent of Skyward Sword makes me, yeah. makes you wonder if there's a reason that they're re-releasing Skyward Sword in conjunction with the news of... Breath of the Wild. Breath, Breath, with Breath of the Wild. Because, you know, Skyward Sword's what started the whole... Yeah, it's timeline, and with Breath of the Wild, they say that that is what bringing the timelines back together. You know, because Skyward Sword started it, Ocarina of Time split it, and now Breath of the Wild converged them back together. I have a theory, and this is kind of a game theory. theory. A game. <laughs> Sorry, not trademark. No. <laughs> but no, um, I, I I have a theory. If I've been I've been watching Zelda YouTubers for. Several years now. Yep. Five years now, and then plus. There is a tribe in Breath of the Wild that's exclusive. It's never been around before. The Zonai. Yeah. How well? I'm like, I don't know how well versed you are with the Zonai theory. Well, you talked about it last week. I, I talked about it last week, and it, it, it's interesting that it works together like this because that monster that it goes through that stone monster that they had like right after it started showing some of the thing some of the stuff and it focused on that monster for like a good five six seconds Mm -hmm. that looked very reminiscent of some of the statues that were in the zonai section so i wonder if the zonai tie into the stuff going in there and they're going to focus on that theory i may be completely (laughs) off base but I, I, I think it would be very interesting if the Zonai tie into this whole thing going in the sky because all of their art and their structures were all about flying beasts and dragons. 
flying and dragons, it's always in the sky. Yeah. Again. Well, and the, the guy afterward did say that you're going to be taking to the skies yep. over the Breath of the Wild world. Oh, yeah. You can see it in all the islands, and yep. you can see all the stuff. And the new mechanic of being able to rewind time. Yep. So, oh, yeah, that, I wanted to get into some new gameplay mechanics that we saw in the trailer. Looks so good. So there's the rewind time. Mm-hmm. There was that one bit where Link was climbing, and then all of a sudden he just kind of went, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> through the. I'm like, oh. So no. they definitely have some new gameplay mechanics up their sleeve, and what they didn't show at the Breath of the Wild trailer, but something you saw at the tail end of the Hyrule Warriors trailer, that Link whipping out that new weapon that like he breaks it down. It's like a whip type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we, everybody knows that. Uh, Age of Calamity is a prequel to Breath of the Wild. So is that like a move set that Link knew prior to losing his memory, and now that we're you know further along in his regaining his memory, he's going to reta- like, regain that ability? Who knows, man? So I'm all bets are off. Cause I'm just I want to see that weapon in Breath of the Wild. That would be thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I got uh, <laughs> the whip sword. It's the whippy thing. Well, the thing is, like in the Age of Calamity trailer, the whip sword had that blue glow to it, mm-hmm. which is also the same blue glow when you got sucked up through the rock. Yeah. Yep. So there might be something tying those two together. Possibly. No idea. I'm I'm I just gonna wait a couple of days and see what uh, my Zelda tubers find out from me <laughs> so I could watch them. In oh movie. yeah, they've got a lot of new footage oh, now to break down. A lot of new footage no. to break down. They, well, they got some gameplay footage for that, but yeah, they've got some. Uh, they've got enough stuff to get them through the rest of the year. Which two minutes of video they'll get two they'll get six months worth of video out of that. Well, this they did say twenty twenty two. If we could hold them to that, that'd be great. Um, so if this does release 2022 mm-hmm. we'll close tonight off with hopeful predictions of when we think that might be. I th- I, I think we could be looking at a March twenty twenty two to stay in line with when the first Breath of the Wild came out. I don't think it would be a March because I think Zelda got pushed. I think Zelda was already done, and they just like when did when did they need to when did they drop it? So it's like whatever the release date for the Switch, that will be the release date for the con the game. Yeah, um, I think that's why that was released in March because for whatever reason, business decision, whatever it was, that's what it was. I still think it'll be a November release, like everything else, because Nintendo always puts their big stuff in the fall. Like, traditionally they do. But you're forgetting one major thing. Mm. Like, nothing's confirmed, but all of the rumor mill of a Switch Pro. And so I'm saying, I think the general consensus is it's a real thing. We're just waiting on Nintendo to finalize the details of what this thing is. So, but usually, even though, I, I would expect that if Nintendo would drop new hardware, they would it would drop in one of two spots. E3... Or the Game Awards at the end of the year. Well, they also like to do their directs. I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think they wanted to focus on software so that they could focus a different direct just on the Switch Pro. Mm-hmm. Where if they focus all of their E3 time on just the Switch Pro, there'd be a lot of fans disappointed. Like, we didn't get to see any games. So I think they want to dedicate an entire direct to talking about the Switch Pro, what it does, what's different about it. Mm-hmm. Like, how are they going to fix the drift? Everyone wants that. Yeah, I and want then, that. I want that. Fixed and then too. when they do the Switch Pro, they'll announce 
launching title Breath of the Wild 2. And that's where I'm thinking, like, if the Switch Pro that. launches, even if people are hoping that it launches this holiday season because it's a time for Nintendo to kind of gobble up more customer base as people are still struggling to get next-gen consoles. Mm-hmm. So if people can nab a Switch Pro while they're struggling to find an Xbox Series X, why not? That is if they don't get scalped as well. That too. But say it gets pushed until early 20... I don't see them pushing a Switch Pro till holiday 2022. Yeah. So if it is late 2021 or early 2022, they're going to want those lineup of games to push sales on that console. That's oh, why. 100%. So that's why I'm thinking we might see a March 2022 if the Switch Pro is dropped in March 2022. Something like yep. that, yeah. Yeah, because I think that a, if, a, if a Switch Pro is going to be a thing, I would agree that dropping the Breath of the Wild 2 would be a smart move. Yeah. 100% agree. Because like, you, know, you got to think of what's coming out in 2022. We're getting, um, I think this holiday we're getting the next Pokemon games. Yeah, we're getting the yep. Pokemon remakes. Yeah, yep. uh, January we get the Legends of Arceus. Yep, January for the Legends of Arceus. So they, they have a solid lineup. Yep, Breath of the Wild Pokemon. <laughs> yep, but we're going to need something to take us in the summer, which last year was Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Yep. This year was... It's quite possibly Nintendo's most profitable game they've made you know, since Zelda. Animal Crossing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'd say that 20, Even I bought 2020 Crossing. was Animal Crossing. What was 2021's, like, March game that took us to summer? Did they have one? I think it was Mario Kart. Mario Kart didn't release this last March. Wait, hold on. Okay, last March. Like, three months ago, March. Basically, well, I'm going up. Basically, what what Nintendo game have we been playing for the last three months? I don't think they had a major release. I, I might be wrong. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they did. Missed the ball there, Nintendo. They missed it by much. No, I think a lot of game companies are like, <laughs> this is the 2021 lull after what was yeah. 2020. Because, you know, 2020, we saw a lot of games being released because, you know, post-production was done on those. But... Now we're seeing the side effects of people have to work from home all of 2020. Mm-hmm. Now in 2021, there's games not quite ready for release yet, so yeah. there's a yeah. lot of gaps between those major releases. Um, so hopefully that starts to clear up next year when things clearing up this year and people get Yes. Fair. Well, anyway, I lied to y'all. I said this would probably be a short episode, and it turned out to be a longer one. Um, well, we actually had content to talk about. Yeah, we did. I, I was worried because of some of the lack of content that I felt E3 had this year. Some of it might have been the lack of being live. But we did find enough to talk about that hopefully will keep us excited over we the next few months. We didn't complain the entire time. No, we didn't. No. <laughs> but yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, thank you, Alan, for coming on oh, talking E3 with us. Thank you very much. I love talking about E3. Um, I have no line of sight on who I might bring next week, so I'll have to brainstorm, and it'll be a surprise if I do have a guest next week. Uh, any final thoughts from YouTube. I want advanced scores. Okay. Camp. Give it to me, Nintendo, right now. Right now. Uh, my final thoughts is uh, 42 and bring a towel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something about Silk Song not being an E3. 
Gordon we're not talking about that, are we? We're not talking about next week. We'll talk about next week. We're not talking about forty-two. I don't. I don't. Why? Why? I feel like the meaning of life is forty-two. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. I, I'm like, <laughs> like, I know this. I know this. I know. On that note, yes. you want to roll credits for us? Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, like, comment, subscribe below. Uh, let us know what you think. All right. See you next week. See you next week.